you can only really submit to someone else's process and business coaching. If you have that growth mindset, there are numerous conversations we can have. And, and unfortunately, if you're not in the right mindset, if anyone's saying, you know, I, I can't do this, I, you know, didn't learn this. I didn't go to uni or school for this. I, I just can't do that. It's a case of, so we're, you know, everyone on the team is trained. We've got a lot of support and a lot of empathy for any builder in this industry. And it's a case of you can, we believe in you come back when you're ready. Cause it's never going to work. If you enter into coaching with the mindset, like I can't do this. So mm-hmm. work on that and then come on back. We're like, we are here for when you believe that you can at least try. This is when coaching will work. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tribe of Leaders. As I am with every episode, but super excited, I have Sky Stevens with me today. She is the co-founder of the Association of Professional Builders, which is a leading business coaching company that's dedicated to improving residential construction industry, both for builders and consumers. And what I'm most impressed with about Sky is that not only is she a young entrepreneur, she's basically been brought up and born into entrepreneurship and she's leading the way and primarily a male dominated industry and just breaking all the rules. So Sky, welcome to the show. I'm really, really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Emmy. Really excited for this. Yeah. Yeah. Share with everybody. Like I want to just dive in. So excited about your background. So share with everybody how you started your first business. So it is a long story. So strap in the company that we have now at APB, the association of professional builders, 10 years in the making to get to this point. If we rewind all the way back, basically started about the time I was, I was finishing up, wrapping up high school. And it's that sort of defining moment. You think, where am I supposed to go? Where should I go? So I ended up going the most pressured route from a lot of people in school, like to check out university. My father, my dad, Russ Stevens, he's been in business his whole life. And I always sort of figured I would be too. That's just sort of a given, but you know, from being surrounded in school, like, you know, you have to go to university, you have to go to university. My dad didn't, my parents didn't, it's never stopped anyone I've known, but I think, look, I'll give it a whirl. So I went over to university. I did a business degree 
excuse me, I started a business degree, (laughs) (laughs) marketing, even learning about entrepreneurship. And within a couple of weeks, I'm not kidding, like two weeks, I'm going to say, I was just sitting there going, this is a big no from me. Learning entrepreneurship from someone who's never run a business, learning about marketing when at the time you could see what was coming in marketing and advertising. And this course was so outdated. I was actually sitting there going, this is a big mistake. I'm just going to waste the next few years of my time because something big is coming and we're just going to totally miss it sitting in this course. So I just felt really, really uncomfortable going down this path. Now, At the exact same time, Russ, so my dad, he had a safety documentation company. So essentially selling safe, like, like workplace health and safety documents that you need on a construction site. So he was working with quite a lot of builders, just selling safety documents and he didn't enjoy it. It wasn't exactly fun. It's one of those purchases that builders had to make. They weren't excited to make it. So it was just sort of a sale, like that you had to do to keep the company running. So we just kept talking and sort of explaining like, this is not great what I'm learning, sort of exploring like where we wanted to go, like where I wanted to go. And we sort of got onto the path that marketing is the big thing that's happening. This is what I was looking to learn when I went to university. This is what so many builders would start a conversation with Russ about once the safety documentation had finished, they'd always get onto, okay, so how are you finding new leads? Like, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. We just sort of realized this is where we need to be. So I left uni. I'm not kidding. I pulled out even before the census. So technically I never went. So I'm pretty sure I went for like two weeks before I actually withdrew, left, got out of there pretty quick. And Russ and I set up a marketing agency for custom home builders. And that was step one, I suppose you could say. Weren't you working with Russ like a little bit before, like during high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So during high school, I was actually working on a commission sales role. So I was a stylist. So I was working like in suits. <laughs> so commission selling suits on weekends and all throughout the holidays. But that was great. That was a good introduction to sales and selling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What a, and what a fun job. Yeah, it was great. So obviously, yeah. Ended that when I finished school, which is very cool in itself, being 15, 16 years old and decking out complete bridal parties in suits and, and being on commission. It was a really cool experience. But yeah, so Russ and I started our marketing agency. It was dedicated to builders because he had his Rolodex of builders for people who had bought safety documentation. So that was our starting point. We knew that would be our market. And so we would just go out of our way to learn everything we could about marketing that's relevant. Not the old school stuff that's happening. This is when the internet was really changing the game. So learning everything we could about Google ads, excuse me, look at what's coming out on Facebook, literally experimenting with Facebook. It was so new all those years ago. All right. Well, what could we throw at it? What could we like, what works, what doesn't we were paying for so many courses coming out of the U S And we really, really just invested so much to learn about marketing. I suppose paid advertising on new channels like Facebook and really understanding Google. And we were a full service marketing agency for builders. So from content writing to them promoting it to email marketing on their database so that they could actually generate a lot more leads so they could generate more sales and, you know, have a very successful building company. But obviously it wasn't like, woohoo, we're done. We encountered, <laughs> we encountered this problem that we could generate all the leads in the world for two builders. How come one builder would thrive 
and the other would complain, you know, the leads are rubbish, this isn't working. We're just sort of thinking, what is happening? Like, how does that work? It's the strategy works, the tactics work, it's the location or whatever, but we knew it would always work. So we're thinking, what is the difference? Like, how can one builder can really thrive and the other is, is just hanging on, but they're saying the leads are rubbish. So we took on board the feedback, but what we said is we'll do the sales. So instead of just taking verbatim, one of our core values is to trust, but verify. So, okay, trust that you're not happy with the leads, but let's just verify them. So we started calling all of the leads and they're great. No, absolutely fine. So we worked out after digging and digging and digging that the problem in fact was not the leads. It was the builder's sales process because when we figured out if someone said leads were rubbish, it was typically because they weren't getting called for a day, sometimes even up to a week. And we all know sales 101 speed matters. So if you get an inquiry, you got to call them on the spot. And unfortunately, not many people get taught that. And, you know, they think, oh, I've just seen this lead come through. I don't want to call them right now. I don't look desperate. I'll give them a few days, make them look like I'm busy, maybe give it a week. And by then they're already talking to your competition. And then they lie to you on the phone saying, no, not interested anymore. Or no, we're already working with this builder. And yeah, no wonder you think the leads are rubbish, but we realized the breakdown was actually in the sales process because any building company that was thriving with the leads, they had a sales team. They were calling them instantly. They were hungry. They were getting them into their sales process and taking those prospects out of the market. And that was the big difference between the two. What a brilliant discovery because I hear that from my clients and other entrepreneurs, exactly what you just said in the breakdown. Oh, I don't want to rush them. I don't want to be too aggressive, too pushy. When your leads respond, like, or they're coming in initially from whichever funnel, like that's when they're most excited. Exactly. They're there. They're on their phone. So like speed is so, so, so important. It's because of this moment and we sort of sat back and went, wow. Okay. So we realized, okay, marketing wonderful, but there is a breakdown. You can generate all the leads in the world. If, if they're not going to get closed, there's no point. Then we worked on, okay, well, I think what this industry needs is actual sales training. So we launched well, it was, it was an experiment. So under our agency, we launched an arm called sales training mm-hmm. and that took off. That was the big gap in the industry, literally giving custom home builders and, you know, large remodelers a proven sales process, A to B to C to D, what to say, when to say it, what to email them. If someone doesn't call you back, call them the next day, literally a proven sales process with everything documented play by play. That was a big flagship when we launched our sales training and we would work one-on-one with builders to help them deploy the sales process and the system into their building companies with their sales teams. And that's when we realized we're really, really onto something. And it's funny. It was almost like the same thing happened. So you could generate all the leads in the world for some builders. You could then help them close those sales. So their sales would go up. How come some building companies could still fail? You know, you got sales and marketing down pat. How come that's there's still a disconnect there? Right. And that's, that's if you're feeding the pipeline and you're feeding your bank account. Yeah. Failing. There's still a gap. So taking a step back and looking at the building companies, it's like, yeah, you can focus on your sales and marketing, but what about everything else you need in business to be successful? I mean, like, you know what? 
we need to really help this industry with a holistic approach. So it turned into full service coaching. So we don't only coach our builders on marketing, on sales, but also the financials side, talking about margins and how they can increase them, talking about operations. So how they can actually systemize their building companies. So it's not as reliant on them. They can build teams and literally give authority to their team members so they can really rise up into leadership positions because then the builder can transition into a leader within the company. And then they're really the business owner rather than the builder doing all the work in the company. And and that's really how APB was born, a very organic journey and, and a lot of realizations so that we can truly help these builders operate a professional building company that would work for them, you know, that they weren't tied to. After all these realizations and after all those years of marketing and even talking to consumers, like what were their pain points so we could understand them better to market better. We launched APB with the one mission to improve the residential construction industry for both builders and consumers. Cause you've heard it, right? This industry has got terrible reputation. Like there are horror stories and you know, there are definitely cowboys in this industry, but for the most part, builders are great people. They, we just, they just need a few more systems in their back pocket to help them run a much more professional operation. Absolutely. And I've built two houses, both in developments here in Pennsylvania and very different experiences. One was a national, probably international builder. Another one was local, is local to here. I mean, far more hands-on with a local builder. Like he had his process and and everything down beautifully. And you really felt like you were part of the family where with the larger builder, like we were just another number. And there's an opportunity because it's really about people and training and from the consumer experience of just making us feel a little more like we matter and, and hearing when there's a problem. Absolutely. And that's something we really focus on. So something, you know, yeah. about APB is generate more leads, more sales, increase your margins all while delivering a better client experience. So we want our builders to win, but we want them to improve this industry by making it such a better experience for all consumers that start building homes. So it becomes a win win. So I, I love hearing that you had such a good experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was phenomenal. And not that there weren't, you know, some issues with the smaller builder, but he dealt with them right away. Like it was just life happens. It's like when, you know, you can't get zoom to do its thing or the internet ground ones are playing like it just is. It's things will go wrong and, you know, constructing a new home. I mean, that's complex work. So things will inevitably go wrong, but it's about how you handle it and how you fix it makes all the difference. A few things can go wrong with the build, whether it was something, you know, what weather is like, so that could delay your project in general, but it's how it's dealt with, how it's communicated and how it can work together to get the desired outcome. Because at the end of the day, your builders on your side, like they want you to have a dream home at the end of this project anyway. So both parties working together is, is the goal. That's the dream. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I presume, I mean, I'm kind of in the, I guess the more abnormal side where I've moved a lot over my lifetime and far more than the average person, but I presume most people are moving more now than say even 20 years ago, where maybe somebody stayed in a home for 20 years or you know, most of their life. So you have that opportunity for them to buy another house from you still. Yeah, absolutely. But, but even the opportunity for 
referrals. Surprisingly, a lot of custom home builders, surprisingly or unsurprisingly, rely on referrals as their entire business model. And and while referrals are incredible, it means you're doing something right. You're very out of control of your own business because you are dependent on someone walking through that door. And and what if someone doesn't for six months, that really impacts you. So referrals are so important. and, And we've got a lot of systems available to our members on how they can generate more referrals and really make such an impact on the client experience so that they can get as many as possible. But we do also teach the importance of advertising and different marketing campaigns so that it's just, it's like legs on a chair. It's not all of your leads gone. It's not a stool. You got legs on a chair to help balance you out. Absolutely. I'm curious too, like what was it that made you decide once you got to the point where it was, you know, I, we want to take a holistic approach to this. This is how we can best serve our people in our industry. Why an association as opposed to just offering more and more trainings? Essentially, it was the name of the company was very like marketing focused before. So we knew we had to like completely separate from that. And something that was resonating with all of our builders that we were working with so far is there really is a difference between you got average builders and then you got professional builders. And so, you know, there were all these different, you know, names we could do, you know, that ties in professional builders. But if we were to create an association of professional builders, that's somewhere that everyone who sees themselves as a professional builder can identify. And they're like, I need to be a part of that. As this momentum picks up with APB, you're going to see on builders' websites that they're a member of the Association of Professional Builders. It's going to be a credibility tool. And this is how we really transform the industry. There's going to be a certain status of any professional builder, but also a certain level that you know you're getting when you deal with an APB builder. There's there's going to be a certain level of excellence because every single builder that joins APB, they've got a growth mindset. They're looking to improve. They want to be better. They're not builders who want to you know, get out of their contract as quickly as possible. Our builders take so much pride in what they do. So all our builders, they're incredible builders. We aren't teaching building in any way. We're teaching the business side so that that can run better and they can deliver better experiences. So it's a real movement that APB is making. I love that. And I love the way you're describing it and how the builders that are part of your association, it sounds like they can really separate themselves from everybody else. Definitely. And then they're a part of something as well. We all want to be a part of something. And I think definitely having an association, people can join and they can identify themselves as a member and they can pinpoint other members of APB as well. And they know instantly that, okay, I know I can talk to you. You're going to be on the same level. You know, we're going to have the same mindset, same goals, and we'll be able to have a very good conversation about the future as opposed to anyone else in the room, you're not quite sure. So having a hub that we could literally bring builders, not just from Australia, New Zealand, but Canada and the States, even some in the UK as well. We're getting members from all over and they're all connecting. It's actually unreal to see. We've got builders who are friends on Facebook. We're the builder in South Carolina and one in South Australia. I love that. I mean, I think that's been one of the benefits of COVID for me is that I've now met you and all these other people that live all over the world because I'm seeking farther abroad than just Philly. And not that there aren't amazing people in Philly, but it's so cool because your experience is just a little bit different 
And I love that. Like that adds so much value. It opens your mind, doesn't it? There's more than one way to do something and we got to have an open enough mind to listen. Yeah. How important is it to you or do you believe it is for an entrepreneur or a builder? Is there really entrepreneurs as well to have a growth mindset? It's really interesting because, yeah, you know, I'm not sure if everyone's read that book, Mindset. I think it was Carol Dweck who really, yeah, who actually distinguishes growth mindsets and fixed mindsets. And it was really interesting to hear that you can be successful with a fixed mindset. It does make it a little bit harder on yourself though. So as much as you can be successful, like there are literally case studies that have proven it of people who have been, I do believe they're the exceptions. The builders and, and entrepreneurs that really make a difference. There's one quality within them and it's their level of tenacity that they've got. You know, if you can go out and actually make things happen to your credit, and that's what's going to really move the needle. And really you can't do that without having a growth mindset, you know, like having the mindset of, okay, I know I can do this. Not quite sure how, but I know I can figure it out. And I think that's so important. I agree. And I think you're open to the opportunity of figuring out where the gaps or the kinks are in anything and not make it work, but figure out how to put those pieces together when it doesn't work the first time or the second time or the fifth time. And especially for something like coaching, this is something we not necessarily qualify on, but can really identify whether someone is even a fit to come on board with APB. Because knowing that what we do is business coaching for builders you can only really submit to someone else's process and business coaching if you have that growth mindset. There are numerous conversations we can have. And, and unfortunately, if you're not in the right mindset, if anyone's saying, you know, I, I can't do this, I you know, didn't learn this, I didn't go to uni or school for this, I, I just can't do that. It's a case of, so we're, you know, everyone on the team is trained. We've got a lot of support and a lot of empathy for any builder in this industry. And it's a case of you can we believe in you come back when you're ready. Cause it's never going to work. If you enter into coaching with the mindset, like I can't do this. So work on that and then come on back. We're like, we are here for when you believe that you can at least try. This is when coaching will work. Right. Yeah. You definitely have to be ready. I want to shift gears a little bit because I'm very curious about your experience. Like construction, at least in my experience is a very male dominated industry. And I feel like there's a lot of builders who have been in the profession for a really long time too. What has it been like for you as you're building the association and, you know, there aren't a ton of women in the industry. What has that been like for you? Where do you feel like you've had openings that other people might not have had? And where have you felt like there's been roadblocks? I think I'm pretty lucky in the fact that I've never really thought about it. And so I feel lucky because I've not really dwelled on it because I suppose it's, you know, big credit obviously to how I was raised. That was never a story I was even told. So I never was even ready to expect that. or I never preempted it. That's a very, very lucky position to be in. I'm very aware. And I've been asked this question a lot, certainly over the last few years, you know, female and male dominated industry. My first answer is always, I think you'd be really surprised just how many females there are in this industry. They're the co-directors, the co-founders, you know, they're running the marketing teams, they're running the sales teams, or they're on the sales teams or, or on the marketing teams. And they are 
incredible. I think there's an incredible amount of females in this industry, especially when you keep hearing it's a male dominated, male dominated. I personally have really enjoyed it. There's no doubt, actually. I'm sure it has been a few issues to some people, but I, I think that's their issues, not necessarily mine. So every time we do ads on Facebook, you know, I'm in a lot of the content videos for APB. We do a lot of content marketing. So it's essentially providing tips and advice on different areas of running a building company. And, you know, you can tell the kind of people that comment stuff on my videos, as opposed to someone like Russ's, ah, he's a a male, he's much older, a lot more authority. Oh, that must be right. But if I'm on a video, it's like, what would she know? Bet she's never done any of this. Like, you know, what a load of rubbish, but that exact same video can just be taken and accepted. If someone else does it, that doesn't bother me because again, I think it's a, it is a mindset thing. It's fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Mm -hmm. The builders involved in APB have a growth mindset and it doesn't bother them at all because they're focusing on the actual training, the actual advice. So it's such a long winded answer. And I suppose my long way of saying, I don't think it's truly been a problem. It's it's a problem for other people and that's their problem, not mine, because right. they're typically not going to be a fit for what we do anyway. We've got an incredible amount of females on our team and they're awesome. So it's doing themselves a disservice if you won't engage with someone because of that. Absolutely. And it may take like the re- repetition of seeing you on video and not just you, for anybody too if they have more of a fixed mindset where they're looking for the same old, same old, as opposed to being open to the new. I think as well, bottom line, you can't, it's not just a case of like, yeah, you can get away with it. I think, yeah, you are under a little bit more scrutiny. So they'd pay a little bit more attention to what I'm saying in a video compared to Russ to just try and almost catch you out. But as long as you know what you're talking about, you actually know your stuff, you can hold your ground. So I think this industry needs more females in it. It's an incredible, incredible amount of females that I've met as the the co-founders, the co-directors, the director of operations, general managers of building companies. They're incredible. I think as soon as you know your stuff, it becomes way, way, way less of an issue. So just focus on being excellent at what you do. Imagine if we all focused on being excellent, how that would shift what we offer and the way we grew and built businesses. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, that's just got to be a first priority. Focus on really, really being the subject matter expert and not necessarily the rest will come, but that's your main priority, not fighting your battle of oh, you know, this is very male dominated and you're fighting that fight. No, get really, really, really good at what it is you're good at because results speak for themselves. Yeah. And that's for everybody. I mean, that's men and women, not just, yeah, not just women. What do you feel like has been your biggest learning experience? Because you've been doing this since I think 2014. So. Well, that's APB. We only launched APB in 2014. So we've had our agency obviously for multiple years before that. So okay. 2011, we would have launched. Yeah. So, so yeah. 10 years. Yeah. So you've had a number of learning experiences over 10 years as every, yeah, as every <laughs> entrepreneur has. Just a couple. Yes. <laughs> 
It's been awesome, really. There's there's so many things, like, yeah, like you say, so many learning experiences, way too many to even summarize and like, you know, what's the number one learning experiences? They're just funny stories. But when you think of something like now, if we were to launch something, we just have a way, way more detailed process than we did 10 years ago. I think back, I remember launching this product in our agency. We're basically launching this marketing template that we made. It was when, you know, launching the strategy of, you know, download an ebook to collect leads. You can market that online and, and we would make them for builders, but we made a template so builders could buy this ebook, seven things you must know before designing a new home. And they could just pop their logo on it. And that was done for you. Marketing content. It's done. It's simple. Just whack your logo on it. And then they could advertise it. I remember we created it. This was like V1 like literally nine years ago, I'd, I'd say like version one of this ebook. And we put it all together and got images in there. It was a word document. So it was easily editable for any builder. We launched it and we were selling it to our database. And <laughs> within like a couple hours, we started getting all these emails back with like refund requests and they weren't happy. And we're like, why? <laughs> And we didn't proofread it. There were all these typos throughout the whole thing. So there were so many like embarrassing lessons, but at least that was nine years ago. It was pretty early on. And we would dream of doing that now. We've got such a thorough checklist, but it's just unfortunate. Like there, it's those kind of learns. It's just like, oops, yeah. you may think you're good at spelling, but you are nowhere near as good as grammar as some people when they start scrutinizing it. So we've got a very detailed process, but it's little things like that that just, yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because I used to not have anybody read my stuff, like my like ebooks, freebies, whatever, before I get any, like I worked kind of in a, in a silo and yeah, same experience. Like all my brilliance that I thought was going out into the world is interrupted by gross misspellings or not even misspellings, but typos because I, I yeah. don't type well. Or what I thought made sense makes no sense when you're reading it from a different perspective. So I align with that. Yeah. So look, we fixed it up pretty quick. Obviously we refunded anyone who wanted a refund and it was a massive lesson. Like, okay, yes, V2. Yes. Let's get that proper version out there launched as quickly as possible. But yeah, yeah, that, that was an example from ages ago. That one just still makes me laugh. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Sky, this has been amazing. Like, I love your story and everything that you've accomplished really in a short period of time too, and your curiosity, because I think that's what drives entrepreneurs, you know, further and further into excellence is like, oh, my people need this. So how do I help them? What's next for you over the next year? Well, APB is in a massive growth phase at the moment. So even in the last six months, we've tripled. So we're in some exceptional growth, like exponential growth at the moment. So yeah, the next year, I'm looking at the next five, 10 years, you know, we're going to get to 50,000 members wow. uh, by 2030 as our goal. So an exceptional amount of growth still, we're just building the team, which is a very, very exciting phase to be in with APB. So that's what we'll be busy doing certainly over the next few years. That's really exciting. Well, we're going to have to circle back at some time because I want to know like, what else you've learned as you're experiencing the exponential growth because that'll come with a lot of fun, particularly I presume as you're hiring and growing your team. Yeah, a really good example is literally by the time we broke for Christmas last year, I think we had eight 
team members so far already, like five months later, we're at 20. So that's the the level of growth we're at just team wise. So yeah. Congratulations. That has to feel really, really good. It's awesome to see the team grow and also keep that culture in place as well. It's been really fun. Very exciting. Amazing. Amazing. Share with everybody how they can connect with you. You can find me on LinkedIn, Sky Stevens. That's Sky with S-K-Y Stevens, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. But check out APB online. It's just associationofprofessionalbuilders.com. Obviously, if you're the owner of a custom home building company, definitely connect with us over there. We've got a ton of different free resources, including that proven sales process that I mentioned before. So yeah, come find us on LinkedIn. Check us out on the website. We're obviously on Facebook and Instagram as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, Emmy. You're welcome. You're welcome. And for everybody listening, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.